I made my three visits to Michigan, Tennessee, and Georgia. Took a trip to Tennessee on official visit. When I came up here, I knew where I wanted to go. My heart said Tennessee. And my coach was like, listen, if you commit, commitment means commitment. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. Um, I knew that they put receivers in the league. I knew that winning was a priority. So I committed that next week, which was the third week of December, shut it down. And that's how I became a volunteer. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. It's called No Playbook, and it's brought to you by T1 Training. I'm Casey, and on this show, we interview the coaches, players, and experts that help to make sports and fitness such an important part of life here in East Tennessee. Uh, as I've mentioned in the past, I've been podcasting for a long time, almost 10 years, so I've got a lot of great interviews kind of in the can. Sometimes I like to repurpose those and use them on this show. Not long ago, I interviewed two outstanding local radio personalities here in Knoxville, and now they do a show together on WNML, The Sports Animal. You hear them talk daily about local and national sports on the air. Uh, but I tried to kind of dive deep with these guys and find out a little bit more about their personalities and even their sports histories. It's Josh Ward and VFL Jason Swain right now on No Playbook. Because I think it's really cool that you're a guy that grew up around here, went to Farragut, right? Yeah. And... Uh, you get to now do a job following a team that you supported as a kid. And I think it's really easy for kids, you know, kids here in school, like you can be whatever you want to be. And, you know, kids just kind of roll their eyes at that a lot of times and like, yeah, right. But I think it's sometimes uh, easy for them to, to not realize that is, you know, a, a real opportunity. So I wanted you to talk about some of your like childhood dreams and some of your sports um, experiences and what brought you to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. I, you know, I started working at the radio station in high school. So I was, I was at Farragut when I started working here, which was 20 years ago. So what did you yep. do as a high schooler there? Uh, kind of hung out. I had like an unofficial internship was probably breaking some child labor laws and, um, <laughs> then, uh, started working part-time and by senior year, I started producing John and Jimmy show. So at the, the spring semester of my senior year, because I I was, I did uh, seven o'clock class. So I got out of school early. So I was able to come in and, and um, be here in time for sports talk. Is that what you wanted to do as even a younger kid is be a part of sports radio? Yeah. Yeah. And my, uh, my parents thought I was crazy because I was really quiet as a kid. And they're like, yeah, you probably can't be on the radio, uh, which, you know, maybe they were still correct in their opinion on that. But because uh, <laughs> a lot of people share that. But uh, yeah, I, so I just wanted to do it for a long time. And um, so I, I contacted the station and came in when I was a junior. My uh, my first like official day official whatever because I wasn't working it was supposed to be 9-11 and then 9-11 happened so I came in the next day so I was here the I was here to see them like make the decisions do we do a show today or do we keep with because it was they were on news talk at the time it was sports talk on news talk 99 so they didn't have an all sports station they just had John and Jimmy doing sports in the afternoon it was how in the morning sports talk in the afternoon wait so when did the sports animal as a full-time sports show start <clears throat> uh, I believe oh five remember if it was that summer or when exactly but 2005 is when sports animal began wow yeah I, i'm thinking of the uh have you seen the parody ron burgundy when he talks uh ad when he's talking about espn 
It looks like yeah, Ron yeah. Burgundy saying like an L sports network. That'll never work. Yeah. 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 Who's going to listen to that? Yeah. That was us. So yeah. Now, now you're just used to all the, to all sports stations, but uh, 15 years ago, it was still a big, it's kind of a big leap. And when we did it, we did, we weren't local the whole day. We did, uh, we did some local and a lot of syndicated. So the middle of the day was Jim Rome and they eventually got rid of that. And that's where I came in, in terms of doing a, a daily show by myself, uh, not by myself, but uh, getting my own show to do instead of just doing like weekend stuff. Was your show with Chip Kane your first uh, full-time gig on the air? It was with, uh, it was with John Pennington for just a few months. And then Chip took over for John and, and Chip and I did it for, uh, about a year together. And then it was Will West. And that was about nine and a half years. How about sports for you as a kid? What did you play? Uh, baseball and basketball. W- was fair baseball like a thing back then, like it is now? Yeah, it was really good. It was about to take off when I got to high school. So they, they won state, actually baseball and soccer, both won state championships my senior year. So that was like the year that Farragut really broke through and do what everybody had been waiting on. <laughs> and then they just kept winning from there. So my, my senior year in baseball was Michael McHenry, who played for the Pirates and the Rockies. And um, Kyle Waltrip was a junior. He was a first-round pick the next year by the Minnesota Twins. A bunch of guys that went and played college baseball. So, uh, yeah, that started to the, the takeoff, I would say. So coolest moment you've got to be a part of with your job. Like and I'm, it could be sports moment or just something you got to see and be a part of. Yeah, so I, I didn't even realize. Are we recording now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, th- I thought we were just chatting it up. Um, sorry about that. Uh, no, it's okay. That's what I want it to be, man. It's just uh, conversational. Yeah. Uh, the coolest moment I think that I've covered is probably the 2016 Florida game, Tennessee winning that game at home because it had been so long since Tennessee had beaten Florida. And there was just all this emotion. The stadium was awesome. They had the checkerboard. The teams were in great uniforms, which some fans like, some don't. But the way they came back in the second half when fans were like, oh, no, we're going to lose again. And then to lose to Florida, to lose to Florida again would have just it would have crushed the fan base. Now, I know what happened after that, uh, because they get the win against Georgia on the road. Uh, I was not at that game. But that moment against Florida meant so much to so many people. So that would be the probably the coolest moment. Covering the NCAA tournament is maybe my favorite thing to do. And I've covered some Tennessee basketball games in the NCAA tournament, uh, advancing to the Sweet 16. The heartbreak of that is what comes next because the next round, Tennessee was knocked out, and, and you see you see the pain that they they feel because they're trying to go all the way, obviously. It was Chris mm-hmm. Lofton's senior year. Uh, but before that, seeing them advance to the Sweet 16 because that still matters. You, you advance to the next weekend of the NCAA tournament. But uh, Tennessee-Florida is just something about it. I mean, Tennessee's beaten them once since 2004. So that game at Neyland Stadium, I think, would be – would be number one on the list. Um, I think a lot of parents will listen to this podcast and they, uh, I like to have an opportunity for them to hear advice from some folks in the community. Like, so to get to where you are now, let's say there's a dad out there listening or a mom that has a kid with a similar dream as yours or a passion for sports. Um, what kind of advice would you give them to end up where you have? Yeah, I would just encourage parents to, uh, tell their kids, uh, allow their kids to find what they want to do. Like when I was a, a kid and I, I love sports. And at one point I had the dream that I was going to play second base or whatever for the Atlanta Braves or, uh, you know, be a professional athlete. And then uh, I got a little bit older and I realized there was no chance that was going to happen. So uh, I was playing basketball at Fairgate high school and I played on the freshman team. And then uh, I played some going through like, you know, trying to be on the JV team as a sophomore and I'm uh, I'm height challenged. I'm not the most physically gifted person you're gonna you're gonna notice. So I realized it wasn't 
really working out that regard. So then I started to think more about, well, how can I be involved in sports? Because I just love sports so much. And uh, eventually I tried to come work at the radio station, or at least it wasn't even working at the radio station. I just wanted to be around it. And ultimately from there, I got an opportunity to work at the radio station. But even, even though my you know, parents probably re- realized I'm a quieter kid, uh, an introvert, doesn't really look like somebody that's going to be on the radio someday talking about sports every day in front of a lot of people. Why not let him try? And it worked out. So uh, encouragement from my parents and also I'd say holding me accountable because I started while I was in high school. So I still had to keep doing school while trying to work. And I was trying to balance a lot. And uh, if I look back, I probably tried to balance too much at, at different times, but I still was able to figure that out along the way and everything worked out. So I would say encouragement and accountability, as long as you offer both of those to your kids and allow them to, to figure out what they want to do. Maybe it is playing sports. Maybe it's coaching sports. Maybe it's eventually getting away from sports. That's okay. If, if they put everything into it, they'll figure it out on their own. Yeah. Uh, you have kids. Have you coached at all yet? With, with I've not kids? coached. Uh, I, so my kids are three about to be four and then okay. two. So I have kind of joked with my wife that I've already got, uh, mm-hmm. I've got some plays drawn up for the basketball court for Owen. He's the the oldest for him to run the point and uh, <laughs> you know, you know play, playing on the little Nerf ball around the house. Uh, he, he doesn't like to pass. So uh, I don't, I don't know. If he's going to be a shoot first point guard or we're going to have to pl- just play him off the ball. Cause I don't know if he's going to distribute well enough, but I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. So uh, T-ball, baseball, um, basketball, maybe soccer, if they want to do that, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, yeah, I, I could see myself starting to get involved. Well, a lot of the things you're saying remind me of, of myself and I, um, my two older kids are 10 and 11 now, but I, I coach soccer with them. And I'm wondering if you're going to experience the same thing I did, which is my competitive nature really flipped as a coach, especially for your younger kids. Like I was super competitive before. And then you sort of, when you're coaching your kids, a lot of times you'll realize like, you know what? I just want them to learn to love this sport. Like I just want them to like it first. Let's deal with that and learning the sport. And then we'll deal with what goes on. Cause who really remembers if you won or lost that game, on a September Saturday when you were six years old. Absolutely. Uh, that is, uh, that, I mean, we have the idea, we have the videos that we can find on Twitter, social media, whatever, of the parents going overboard at a six or seven or eight-year-old, whatever sport game. And it looks insane because it is. The kids are out there trying to have fun. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, I'm sure he'll at some point try three or four different sports to play and then figure out what he likes the most, like I did. And maybe he ultimately doesn't like sports. I don't know that that's going to happen. The indication is, I mean, he likes throwing the ball around the house. So the indication is he, he probably will be into it. But uh, yeah, just allow them to enjoy the game. The, the last thing you want to do if you're a parent is burn your kid out at a young age or turn them off. Like you don't want to be the bad influence to where they don't want to be in sports because of you. It should be the opposite. Allow them to uh, get into it, figure out what they like, figure out if they're good or not, uh, or figure out if they just want to be a part of it for the fun. I mean, you have a long way to go when kids start to get to a really competitive level. I know it exists and you have travel and all that stuff. And I think that's great. But uh, from the starting point, you have a long way to go for them to figure out what they're best at, what they want to be a part of and to, to really be competitive. Yeah. Because you know, parents on, on the drive home might be thinking about what happened to the game. Could he have made this play differently to win? Well, the kids thinking, can we go get ice cream? What's right. for lunch? Can so-and-so come over? Can I go over to so-and-so's house? That's what they're thinking about five Mm -hmm. minutes after the game ends. And that's probably a good thing. 
if I'd, I didn't play football, it, go, it goes back to where I was from a size standpoint. If I had played, it, it might be my favorite. Uh, I, it's, it's the one we talk about the most on the radio for sure. And I love it, but uh, it's all about getting involved and you figure it out. So if a parent says, no, you're playing baseball or you're playing basketball at a young age and you don't give them a chance to try out the different ones, then they're not going to figure out what they do like, don't like. They, they may figure out that what they love is going season to season. So now that we've had a lot of events and stuff, I uh, just wanted to pick your brain, see if you have any thoughts on uh, any cool events that you'd like to see here. Well, you could do like a sports media challenge or something like that to, to see who among us can embarrass themselves uh, most easily. Let's I would get, probably start there. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Who is it you're wanting to race? Because I can feel it. <laughs> There's something. Yeah. Well, so we've done uh, we've done media competition in the past. Uh, Mark Nagy, who's worked in the media, WATE yeah. for years, he put together a sports media combine and did it for two or three years. The first year, we uh, Johnny Long, former Tennessee strength coach, worked at Carson Newman. He he put one together, and so we did the, the typical combine events that you see for the NFL draft, not the bench press. Uh, I'm I'm seeing a lot of young athletes now enter the the media world that would probably just smoke me, but. Uh, we are the ones that judge right in the media. We are the ones that we're analyzing and we're talking about athletes that are much more athletic than us. So sometimes we need a little bit of humble pie. Uh, I think that could be a good idea. Yeah. It's not fair. Sometimes when you've got a guy like Ainge or Jason Swain. Yeah. Uh, in the media. Well, yeah. The, but you'd have to create a different category for the real athletes that are now turned into the media. I got a really quick um, speed round for you. It's one of those. Yes. You don't think you just answer. Okay. Uh, best holiday movie. It's a wonderful life. Best Pearl Jam song. Uh, speed round on this one is really tough. I'll go off the grid. I'll go garden. Oh, snap. from the, from the album 10. Yeah. Uh, Josh and I share a love for Pearl Jam and Seinfeld. What's, what's your favorite Seinfeld app? So a uh, different day. I could give you a different answer, but my most common response, I think the greatest episode of all time is the marine biologist ah that's my answer that is the, the best monologue episode. at the end i think is what puts it over the top also knowing the story behind it about how it was written and how george performed it and, and all of the characters there at the table didn't know what was coming next jerry did and george is is giving it but uh everything about that episode is perfect yeah i agree all right man thanks sir And now here's my short chat with VFL Jason Swain. So I am here with Jason Swain. What exactly do you do for the Vol Network? Well, I do a pregame show. It's called the Big Orange Countdown. Uh, we preview the game one hour and 30 minutes before the game. So uh, we talk about the opponent, uh, some of the things that Tennessee needs to do to win. Uh, we have highlights and uh, audio highlights from the week as far as you know, players on the team, coaches, things like that. But it's a it's a great show to get the fans ready for uh, what they're going to see out there for 60 minutes. Something I wanted to talk to you about was because you were really highly recruited. You came in in a big recruiting class, you and Meacham. And was it Brett Smith also, the other wide receiver that was yep. big that year? Um, yep, they're all Americans. Talk about that process. And I'm interested just in like what sports was like as a kid for you. Well, I played, I played, <laughs> I played uh, football and, and basketball growing up. I mean, um, I, I love basketball more than football. I still love basketball more than football. Uh, that's my love. Uh, I played baseball one year, and I remember it like it was yesterday. The team was the Cubs, and 
you know, I had some Chicago roots on my mom's side of the family. So, like, it was really, really cool to play for a little league team in Alabama called the Cubs. And so, you know, I, I played one year. It was coach pitch. And I was pretty good. And I remember in the backyard one day, I was throwing the ball with my great uncle who raised me. And he threw the ball. And I took my eyes off the ball. And it hit me in my face. And my, my eyes swelled up. My face was swollen. That was the last time I've ever touched a baseball. I was like, I'm done with baseball. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and I regret it because I could have played baseball, made a lot of money and been healthy. But uh, that was the last time I played baseball. But football and basketball was was my go-to. I was obviously more naturally gifted in football. It came easier. But basketball was my love. And I played all, I played it all the way up in high school. Um, you mentioned your Chicago roots. Is that why you decided to sign with the Bears as an undrafted free agent? Not really, but it just kind of added, you know, cherry on top. You know, you make these goals as a kid to to play in the NBA or to you know, play in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I reached that goal. Unfortunately, health reasons why I didn't play longer, uh, you know, injuries and things like that. But when I was going through the draft process, I knew that because I decided to play through an injury my senior year, that it probably was going to hurt the way I performed at the pro day and, and performing. So I spent a lot of my training for the combine and pro day. I spent that rehabbing. And so I didn't run the best times, um, but I did display route running, catching the football, all the things that a receiver is supposed to do. But that process is about showing how fast you are, showing how quick you are. And I just wasn't healthy to do those things to the best of my abilities. And so um, around the end of the draft, I started fielding phone calls from a couple teams, the Cardinals, the, the Ravens, um, had all called the Dolphins. And I remember talking to the offense coordinator with, with, with the Cardinals. He was like, hey, you fit in exactly what we want to do. We have you know, Anquan Bolden. We got Larry Fitzgerald. And, you know, you, you'll be perfect right there in the slot. We love your physicality. And I knew they had drafted a receiver that year. Uh, they drafted Stevie Steve Breston from Michigan. You know, he was he was a punt return guy. They drafted him. Uh, the Bears didn't draft a, rec uh, a receiver. So I looked at that situation. I was like, man, they didn't draft the receiver. It's a great opportunity for me to go in and and make that team. It was just a good fit. And so I went up there, and my first meeting, receiver meeting, I walk in, and there's the best kick and punt return of all time sitting there and Devin Hester. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. Now they moved him from, from DB to receiver. So they moved him to receiver the year I got there, right off their loss to the Colts in the Super Bowl. So uh, I didn't sign because of the Chicago roots, but it just added that much more to um, signing and, and, and reaching my goal. My I know I had some uncles that were very, very proud going around telling them, people that their nephew plays with the bears and it was real cool it really was what about advice now you're a parent and you went through that whole process of recruiting what do you have any advice for maybe parents listening that might have a kid that's on that trajectory ask a ton of questions ask the tough questions ask the questions that you don't think you should ask or you're unsure because you only go through this process once and you know, repetition is a mother of all skill, right? You know, anything that we do, Dix is a house of sport. So, of course, you're going to sell golf clubs. Well, we all know that you're not going to go out your first day and play like Tiger Woods. We know that. Um, so it takes 
doing it over and over and over, just like playing football, just like swimming, just like boxing, just like anything. But recruiting, that process is something that you go through only once. You go through it once. And you would hate to kind of look back after your child is in college and go, man, I wish I would have done that differently. I would have, I wish I would have asked, asked those questions. I wish I would have said this. So I would just encourage people to ask a ton of questions to the coaches who are recruiting you and see if they're going to tell you the truth, you know, have that list of teams, um, ask a ton of questions, you know, make them tell you their plan for your daughter or your son uh, and ask the same question to every school that's talking to you and just kind of see how the answer is different. And um, that would be my, my, my biggest advice. I think following your heart is the next one. You know, your mind can tell you that you like this, that you like that, that this matters, that that matters, but your heart is going to tell you what matters and your heart's going to tell you what to do. In more cases, uh, more times than not, your heart's right. You know, sometimes we, we follow our heart and we, you know, we're wrong, but most of the time, our heart is right. So I would just encourage people just to follow their heart. Yeah. Well, to that, I'm curious, what brought you from Alabama to deciding to go to UT? Well, when you're from Alabama, you're supposed to go to only two schools, right? You're supposed, yep. to, go to, you're supposed to go to Alabama. You're supposed to go to Auburn. But I didn't grow up as an Alabama-Auburn fan. So it was a little bit easier for me to consider everybody. And that's what I did. When my high school coach saw me play – as an eighth grader, you know, he recruited me to play on the football team. And honestly, the high school football team just wasn't that good. It was a basketball program. And I wasn't going to play football because I was so dedicated to playing basketball. Well, he said, hey, just just give me a just give me a shot. Come on, come out here for the spring. You can work out without varsity. And I was in eighth grade. And the last 30 minutes of the day, it was called like a re- remediation period where you do homework, things like that. So my middle school coach would take me to the high school um, and I would practice with the varsity and I was killing the varsity, man. I was, I was giving them the business and, uh, it just came so easy. So I play coach talk monk to let me play. I played my freshman year. I make all state, which never happens for a true freshman in Alabama. Wow. I make all state. And the, so we start talking like, Hey man, you, you, you got a chance to be really good. And I, I didn't know that. Um, so he was like, all right, let's, let's, you know, this off season, let's go to some camps, things like that. So, um, we did, we went to Tennessee and Tennessee thought I was a junior. They didn't think I was that young. They were like, where does this guy come from? And the position coach was like, man, if he was a senior, I would offer him right now. So basically that was like a halfway offer kind of. So when recruiters, when recruiting started, Tennessee was kind of always in the back of my mind because that was like my first real experience going to a school seeing the facilities um you know training things like that but I didn't just pick them just because of that alone I went through the entire process so I'm a sophomore um you know make all Americans a sophomore uh, junior um continue to be all American whatever but then it starts getting real right starting to hit the senior year and you got to start making decisions about where you're going to go and uh, taking these trips then you could like you didn't have to commit in the spring you know you can wait all the way up until signing day so i you know i took my visits i only took three out of five um i got tired of the recruiting process early because you know people calling at all times of the night well i narrowed it down to 10 narrowed it to five and then i made my three visits to michigan tennessee 
in Georgia. Uh, I like Michigan a lot. Thought that's where I was going to go. And then I took a trip to Tennessee on official visit. Uh, I think it was second week of December. First week of December. When I came up here, I knew where I wanted to go. My heart said Tennessee. And my coach was like, listen, if you commit, commitment means commitment. And my uncle, retired Air Force, was also in the Army. He was like, you commit. Commitment means commitment. I was like, I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. So I committed that next week, which was the third week of December, shut it down, and that's how I became a volunteer. Um, I knew that they put receivers in the league. Um, I knew that winning was a priority. I knew that um, distance didn't matter to me because if I wanted to play in NFL, I could be in Buffalo, I could be in Green Bay, it doesn't matter. So distance wasn't a problem. Um, but it worked out that it's only three hours away from home. Absolutely. Yeah, speaking of home, segues are fun. Homecoming. And I was just talking to Joey Kent. He was talking about just how cool it is when he was a player, getting to talk to past players coming back, giving advice and just telling stories. What do you remember and love about homecoming week? Exactly that. You know, seeing all the people that laid the foundation and played before you. You know, I'm big on respecting the people that wore the orange before you. And, and, you know, I want to know who all wore the, the orange and played receiver before me. Um, so I had a desktop computer, PC computer in my apartment, and I made like a, uh, a photo collage. I guess like a screensaver that flipped through the, the photos. And it was, a fo- it was photos of all like past receivers. So like it was Pillars Price, it was Kelly Washington, it was Carl Pickens, Joey Kent. It was all, all the receivers that were big time, Jermaine Copeland. It was all these guys. And I would sit in my room and I would look at those photos because I wanted to make sure that I played like those guys and, and played at a high level. So um, homecoming is a chance to meet some of those guys. Uh, they come back. And um, that's that's what I remember about homecoming. And luckily those games were at, you know, noons. So you played and you have enough time to be able to see those guys out and about. Well, Jason, tell folks how they can find your show. Oh, super easy. If you, if you have a, a phone, like most people do, a smartphone, you can find us easy. Listen to the podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast, and uh, it sends you an alert when our podcasts are up and available. Cool, man. All right. Hey, thanks for checking out the episode. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Thanks again to Josh Ward and Jason Swain. And as always, thanks so much to Mike McBath Music for the song. Hey, go follow the show on Instagram at No Playbook Pod.